All right, let's try this again. Round two. Round two. Fight! Round two. <laughs> <laughs> well, hello, folks. Welcome back for another 2024 visit to the Awesome Village. My name is Greg, and joining me is... Ryan. John. And I'm Glenn. Hello, gentlemen. Good to be back here for a regular episode, um, which, full transparency, we got a lot to talk about it, maybe split into two. No, it's going to be split. It's going to be split into two. It's definitely going to be split into two. Yeah, we, so, uh... Yeah, we got a lot to... We got a lot to talk about. We do have a lot to talk about. We took a couple weeks off, so then, you know, the time we did have off, we kind of watched some things. But uh, we've kind of are establishing a new rule where we're not going to talk about something unless multiple people have seen it. So that will give us a chance to delay it a week and allow other people to see it, and then so we can have a discussion. Yeah, so we can have a, a you know better give were, you guys some quality. There may be oh, some oh, exceptions. Yeah, there, yeah, for special circumstances, especially if we have to warn you about something shitty. Yeah, yeah, but so that's what we're here for. Yay! Yay! So, Greg, you just went on a little trip. Yeah, I had a I had to do some business uh, in in good old California, uh, which I've never been to. I mean, you have you had all of the table been to yeah. California? Yep. Oh, many times. Yeah, well, I know you have. Yeah, but, I just uh, went once to LA. Oh, nice. I went to San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I went to to San Jose, uh, San Jose, and uh, it was a Sharks game. Yeah, well, I so this is funny. My hotel, the gift shop there. Had some San Jose Sharks merchandise, and I almost got it for you. However, it was higher than a giraffe's ass. I'm sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. It. Uh, so. So. There's a couple things that I've never done, and while I was in California, I figured I would do these things. So, after a very long day of travel, when I say very long day, I started my morning at 4 a.m. and did not get to uh, San Jose until, which was essentially like two o'clock local time, and I couldn't check in until four at the hotel. Um, so I got a lift and I went over to the In and Out Burger because I've Those never had it. <laughs> um, now this has been over ten years, I think, in in the making because you guys have all had it and told me how good it was. Probably and more than that. Any it might be longer than ten yeah, years. Any opportunity that I've had to have it, like I, I've not been able to do, I wasn't able to go on Ryan's initial uh, bachelor party. Uh, every time I've, I'm in a situation where I might be adjacent to an In and Out Burger, something falls through. In fact, the wedding I was going to be doing in Las Vegas, we're not actually doing it in Las Vegas now, so I'm not going to be able to. Going to arena time. Where's it going to be? Um, they're working on the the plans. Of that it's going to be local. They just want to not be able to afford the whole trip. And I'm like, I get that mm. entirely. Uh, but I go over to In and Out Burger over in in San Jose, and uh, we, we the, the guy drops me off, and I got my little camera and everything, and I, I take some pictures of the outside. I'm looking so like a tourist. Go in there, and I'm standing in line, and I'm like, oh, this looks like an old styles like you know diner. And uh, as I'm standing there in line, I was very excited, and I took all the suggestions over the years that people had told me, and I'm like, you know what I'm going to get? I'm going to get a double-double with grilled onions. I'm going to get the fries well-done animal style. Well, what's up with the well-done? I never heard of Well, it. because it's got the, the – that makes sense. Because if you get them uh, animal style, they put stuff on top. If you get them well-done, they'd be crispier. So they'll they hold, hold the weight better. They would hold the toppings better. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that I can tell sense. you that, that every, every suggestion was correct. Um, I go up to the counter, say my order, and I'm sitting there smiling ear to ear, and the, the young man behind the counter is like, oh, yeah, it's going to be whatever, whatever. And I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm, this is my, 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 I'm visiting from New Orleans. This is my first time having In-N-Out Burger. He goes, well, you, made, you, you ordered the right way, man. Yeah. And I was like, cool. So they gave me my number, and I, I, I waited, and I got my stuff, and I went outside and I set my little camera up. <laughs> and I dinner. <laughs> filled, took some pictures and filmed and not ready to go, and I recorded myself having my first bite, and man, was it delicious. Nice. And I will say this. So uh, 
the guy that picked me up, uh, the lift that picked me up from when I got done, was talking about how him and his wife always go there because it's cheaper than them going to like Burger King. He's like, I, I go with my wife to Burger King. We spend about thirty dollars. He's like, here we do about twenty. Um, you know, twenty. What is he getting at Burger King? Um, I mean, it chicken fries. Why? Yeah, that's the only <laughs> thing that's really worth anything at Burger King. Uh, but but I would I would say that like In and Out Burger is is fast food. Yeah, but of the fast food options, but it's very good there, fast food. It's yeah. the highest quality for the price because I spent what the things that I got with the drink and everything was maybe about uh, it was like twelve bucks I think. Mm-hmm. California prices, too. Yeah, I, yeah. So that, yeah. that's even more surprising yeah. too because everything everywhere else we went was yeah. it was ridiculous. But I, no, be, I believe In and Out Burger invented the drive through. No, they did. I, yeah. I watched a, a little documentary on them, and, and they definitely did. I, uh, I, I mean, again, I can tell you, like, I can see why it, it you know, is, is so popular. I mean, it was very busy when we were there, but they were very, very efficient. Um, I hope we eventually get one down here. Yeah. But I've heard this from several people that have have eaten it outside of California, and depending on where you go, like, oh, it's not that's not very good. The one um, in Vegas was fine. Yeah, I, I had yeah. one in Dallas. I had one in Dallas. Was fine. So I've heard bad stuff about the Texas ones. I guess no, the Whataburger like, Whatabur- country. was fine. That's people who prefer water. And that's what, yeah, Karen and I went in one in Dallas. Now it was like eleven thirty at night, and we saw Army Hammer in there. Oh, there you go. That was that was, was that was eating people? that was before sure we he saw. Was eating a bird? It was before we saw the documentary. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I, I don't know what, what might have happened after that. So interestingly, last night uh, me and my wife went to a new uh, Chinese buffet in our area around here. Um, so for those of you who don't know. We used to be really big into Chinese buffets here. Like, yeah, it was like our thing. And then they kind of all went away because you know they're not good. <laughs> but uh, I did tell my wife the story about the Macronic, uh, Greg, mm-hmm. and how tickled you were by their labeled thing of a mac and cheese. So there's this new Chinese buffet. It's on the corner of Lapalco and Ames, um, right next to the Popeyes, by the oh, yeah, no. that, that farmers market. Oh, yeah, okay. the Asian market. Yeah, yeah we've been to the Asian market. It's called. Uh, Didn't it used to be a Chinese buffet there, like several years ago? Not, not the one on the far end. It's, it's, it's in that same general area, okay. but no, it's where the Kmart used to be. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, okay. it's on the, it's closer to Popeyes. Okay. Um, it's called, Ombu O M B U I think O M B U, buffet. I don't know how you pronounce it. Um, they had uh, on the weekends they they have uh, the dinner prices are all day. Um, lunch and dinner it's all it's $25 a person and let me tell you that was one of the best Chinese buffets I've been to nice like like they had snow crab legs they had crawfish they had all kinds of different types of uh, typical Chinese foods they had and then they have the American food. They had chicken nuggets, pepperoni pizza. Did they have mashed potatoes? Why is it that every Chinese no, buffet has like for pepperoni pizza for children for kids? It, it, it just it, it always tickles me. It's like this, they had French fries, Chinese delicacy. Um, they they had like an, an I didn't even get to try everything because I was so full. That's another thing. I told my wife, you know, we always make comments, oh, I can't drink like I used to. I can't eat like mm. I used to. When I go to Chinese buffets, I used to be able to put down four or John five and plates. I were talking about this last time we went to, to Hooters, but, like, we used to be able to polish off yeah. a 50 plate between the two of us. Mm-hmm. No problem. Sometimes yeah. order an extra 20. Yeah. And, uh, n- no, I, if I can get through 10, I'm, I'm excited. They had sushi there, and normally I steer away from any kind of sushi at a, at a Chinese buffet, but this stuff looked really good, and they couldn't keep it out. Like I didn't get a chance to try it because I got so full and everything else, but it looked really good. Oh, by the way, I was was on my way back yesterday, and uh, I hadn't eaten anything since uh, like when I got up because in Pacific time, I started my journey at, at like three forty five in the morning. Uh, so by the time I got to Dallas, which was the layover before my last flight, I was really hungry, and I went to this little barbecue place in the airport. Um, that was very good. 
What airport? In Dallas, Fort Worth. Oh. oh, that would make sense. They would have good barbecue. Yeah. The woman suggested a, a brisket and a ribs plate, so I did that with uh, some fries, and I was very happy. Nice. Oh, nice. Very good. Yeah, Karen and I went to uh, the Chopsticks Buffet on Christmas night when we, we came. Because oh. we, we, we were in Monroe and we came home. And we're like, you know what? I was like, because we were going the next day, we were going to my parents' house for Christmas. And I was like, we didn't really like get anything for dinner tonight. And we, we didn't know what to do. And I was like, we could go to like, you know, like a Christmas store. I was like, mm-hmm. we Chinese. And so we, we kind of called around and the Chopsticks Buffet was open. It was, nice. It was fine. It was, was it crowded? The uh, one the one not, here? Not really, yeah. The, okay. one, the one over by Academy over yeah. there. And that one a long time ago used to have like, Hibachi the hibachi in the back too, yeah, yeah, which was pretty good. But that they yeah. didn't, they weren't doing that. We tried to try um, to go do a new a restaurant called Crazy Hot Pot. Oh, I love Crazy Hot Pot. And we weren't able to get a table; it was just too long of wait. The, the The robot waiters made Felicity laugh, so we ended up going to Mister Ed's and uh-huh. um, Bucktown, which was excellent. But um, we're gonna try to go back to Crazy Hot Pot. Speaking of crazy, time. and speaking of, uh, of of like Bucktown and reminds me of Fat City. Crazy Johnny's is coming back. And I heard a gonna... rumor about that. Oh, it's not a rumor. It's a fact. Yeah, is John... it a fact now? Because I know they, they originally they said it wasn't exactly coming back. They were like releasing a bunch of like sauces and stuff like um, that. But then they were talk- they were talking about people that owned it. And uh, made apparently it. The, the yeah the kids the, like it's, some of the family members are, are yeah Johnny's Johnny's coming back and yeah, he's I, as crazy as ever. And for for those of you in listening to this that don't know, like one of my favorite things to do because we're a Catholic city uh, during Lent, all the steakhouses are empty. Yeah. And so I would go to Crazy Johnny's on Friday and get myself uh, some some dipping bread. Oh, the dipping bread. The dipping bread. Steak and some potatoes and have myself a good meal. Meanwhile, across the street, uh, Drago's, Dra- Drago's, Drago's or Drago's or however they pronounce it, yeah. um, they were always busy. Yep. Well, which Drago's is yeah. very good. Very good. Yeah. Drago's is always busy, to be fair. Yeah. yeah. Crazy Johnny's, they had good prime rib. It's nice to know that after, you know, Ivan fell on hard times after his loss to Rocky. He just opened up a <laughs> seafood restaurant mm-hmm. and was successful. Yep. Well, you know, they got good oysters in uh, Russia. Yeah. I shall break you open. I can't remember <laughs> and, saute you. You. and saute you in butter. <laughs> the guy, I can't remember the guy that owns it. I can't remember what his last name is, but but Drago or Drago is actually his first name. Oh, that, yeah. that makes, yeah. He was probably named after him. So. Yeah. Well, uh, let's dive into the first half of... Let's uh, do it this episode a lot of tv to discuss and we're gonna kick it off with uh with some comedy so there were two comedy specials that were released uh on on netflix both of them uh ricky gervais had a comedy special and david Chappelle had comedy specials now these are two comedians that uh i'm a fan of um i don't think they always get things right but i i, I do enjoy them i've only seen one of these i saw the ricky gervais one. i did not watch the Chappelle. But I think we have enough of a we do. of a group over here. So Ricky Gervais, I saw it. Ryan saw it, mm-hmm. and John. Yep. Um, how did you guys feel? Thumbs down. I didn't say I wouldn't say thumbs down, but it's definitely of his comedy specials. It's probably one of my least favorite. It just wasn't like it was. He didn't do anything different. It was just I'm going to go through a list of everything that I'm sure people are going to be offended by, and just talk about it for a minute. And he doesn't really. I don't know. Just the way he mapped out the special, I, I just. I, well, his normal, and one of the things, and John and I have talked about this because his, his John's mom, like, oh, he's, you know, doesn't, I think she doesn't, doesn't land with her all the time that he's playing a character. Yeah. And he'll, you know, he kind of alludes to, to different and, and she's also, my mom, and she can't get past the fact that the, the first thing she ever saw him in was the British office, and she hated the character of David Brent, and she thinks that's what Ricky Gervais is like. And I'm like, stand up comedy Ricky Gervais and David Brent are two very different things. Yeah. Um, 
for me, uh, I enjoyed most of it, but it felt kind of like the character he was playing, it was almost, he tried a new version of it, which is just a really grumpy old man who doesn't yeah. understand things. Unfrozen caveman lawyer afraid of the world. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of, I expect him to be, his edginess always comes from him being like kind of ahead of the times. And while I am here for a deconstruction of, of what woke means and all that kind of stuff, uh, I find that these two comedians that we're going to talk about, they kind of don't execute it in a way that shows that they, I guess, really under... Like, I, like it, there's there's some elements, I think, that they're missing. And for someone like Ricky Gervais, it really upsets me. Not that he doesn't, you know, agree, but the fact that, like, uh, it, it seems like the conversation he has about other things, it doesn't seem as well thought out. Yeah. Like, it, his, his points, is, I guess is what I'm saying. Which is weird to talk about wanting points in a comedy special, but I've come to love so much of what he thinks and him challenging my own thoughts yeah Ryan just said thumbs down though so. I just I just didn't think it was very funny he didn't he just sort of rehashed some of the same stuff he had already been talking about I think total in contrast to what Dave Chappelle did I thought Chappelle's was awesome but it was very funny I thought he talked about he did mention like his his whole thing was you know the trans community is very upset with him he did touch on that a little bit but it wasn't like very See, much okay that, because I'm the, the reviews and some of the people that have have seen it or whatever they make it seem like that's the whole act not definitely not this no, one not that, I, that, he, that floors me he talks I, more about handicapped people than the trans people in this one it's, it's it's really funny I think the way he did it and it's also more of a I don't know I, I thought Chappelle did a good job making this where he just sort of like took stock of his life um, just in the way it's it's open and the way it ends where he's there's all these photos at the end of him and all these famous people that he's been around and um, how he's just came from nothing and made such a became like it's a huge star um, I, I thought it was excellent see uh, both these comedians and again that's why I guess I hold them to a higher standard um, have been some of the funnier specials yeah they're two of the best and there's a level of intelligence that goes in their jokes that I really really like uh, with Chappelle I haven't even seen any I guess clips or anything from this special but I've watched the last few of them like I just the one he did where it was uh, it was during COVID or whatever it was a limited audience mm-hmm. and that was incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, he I, does kind of a long bit in this one about, um, I, I didn't really remember this happened, but apparently he was... Oh, I forgot about this. He was on, um, apparently he was touring with Chris Rock the entire year of the, the year that Will, the, the Will Smith slap thing happened. Oh, wow. And so he said, you know, he was like the first person that he kind of, Chris Rock kind of talked to and he was all just in shock. And then not too long after that, somebody in one of Dave Chappelle's audience ran up on stage and tried to attack him. I remember that, and uh, and he does a whole bit about that, and like all the people that were there that he knew that, the, the coming out and, and helping him. That was, was, hilarious, was hilarious when he goes through the celebrities that got involved, and, and like and just describing what they look like and yeah. stuff. It's it's pretty funny, but yeah, that was that was a good bit. And apparently, yeah. he was doing a private show for like all kinds of celebrities when he got attacked. So like he read in the, he mentions how he read. In, so who attacked him? That's what the, he read in this article that it was a homeless person, and he was like, "My first thought is this is a homeless person. They got damn good seats to a really expensive show." Yeah. Well, I you know I it, I only missed it because I just didn't have time. It kind of got away from me. So that makes me very much a lot more excited to watch it. Yep. The, the Ricky Gervais one, like I was I was excited. I got there and I had my headphones in, so you know I could watch it while it didn't wake anybody up. And I, I watched it and I was like, okay, I I enjoyed it, but. That was about it. Hmm. Uh, World War Two. From, yeah, from, from the front, from the front lines. lines. Yeah, um, Netflix made this new World War Two documentary, and there's quite a few of them already on there. 
But this one might be the best one I've ever seen. It reminded me of that uh, They Shall Not Grow yeah, Old. Yeah, exactly. The, the, the visual effects and the, re the way they reenacted everything. Uh, there's also footage I've never seen before. Um, and it's, it's really, really good. Um, it's set up the exact same way as all the other ones. That they just go through the important battles of the war. And um, who's the narrator? It's somebody famous. It's John Boyega. Boyega, yeah. So um, it's really, really excellent. The visual effects are just mind-blowing. Um, there's a scene in one of the later episodes when they're going through um, a concentration camp, and all the the camera is just sort of like walking in the middle of the crowd. But because the effects are so like enhanced, to be able to see like the detail of all these people's faces, usually in those those archival footage, you don't really you can't really see their faces that well. I mean, you can really see facial details of all these people and. It's incredible. It's really so, good. Can I just ask a question? Yeah. You're saying effects. Is it like CGI effects or is it just remastered? It's, it's remastered, but they... Okay. It's, it's, a, it's a special technique that Peter Jackson used. I know what you mean, because like, They Shall Not Grow Old, wasn't it like... It, there was no sound in the right. initial video, so they, they add stuff. They did some sound it, There's effects. some sound in this. Yeah. There's sound in this. I mean, there were sound videos, uh, cameras and stuff for World War II, but... It's like they, they enhanced it, but they did use some visual effects to sort of clean it up. Gotcha. Hmm. Um, how does this compare to some of the other World War II stuff that we've seen, like the, the Band of Brothers and I mean, this is like a, the World War II Museum? Like, is this something that you think Oh, yeah, you could, you could see something like this at the World War II Museum. Um, yeah. Yeah, excellent stuff. Um, well, from comedians to World War II to Marvel, uh, there's two shows that we haven't gotten to touch on on the Disney Plus that have released uh, the new season of What If and uh, Echo has now premiered. Yes, and Echo, they dropped all the episodes at once. Yeah, that's, that's something they don't usually do. It's the first time they've done it. And What If, they did something kind of different where they dropped a new episode every day up until, like, because um, it was like a Christmas, it was like Christmas week. Yeah. Every episode, every day you had a new episode. I've seen a few of the, the What Ifs, and I've seen one of Echo, the premiere of Echo. Uh, I, I've seen all of them. I've, I've heard. Of both. Um, so. so What If, uh, from what I understand, and you correct me if, if I'm wrong on this, some of the ideas for this season were like holdovers from the previous one season. One episode was. Um, so there was an episode called What If Iron Man Crashed Into the Grandmaster. And one of the characters in it is Gamora. And if you watched... And, but it's like Gamora in Thanos' armor. And if you watch season one of What If, she's a character they bring in in the finale. And the beginning of the episode, they pretty much just say, look, at the um, when we assembled the Guardians of the Multiverse, I think they call them, we had Gamora, um, and we, we didn't know her story. This is her story. So that's kind of their way of saying, we didn't have time to finish this episode in season one, so we're putting it in season two. And I could see why they didn't get a chance to finish it. The animation in that episode is absolutely bonkers. Well, I, the I mean, the first one, the Nebula, as part of the Nova Corps episode, yes, was very Blade Runnery. You say uh, very, it's it's Blade Runner, but it's yeah, which fits with that character though. Yeah, yeah. I, I that episode was very moody and a lot darker than I think. Yes, anything we've gotten previously, uh, a lot of characters doing things that we didn't really expect, or, or just in different directions from what they normally would do. Um, the second episode was the one with Peter Quill. Yeah, with the um, the Avengers, them assembling the Avengers in the eighties, and it's yeah. like a lot of the parents and stuff. Uh, that one was fun. It, yeah, it was. And I like the focus on hope in that one. Yes. Um, after that is what if Happy Hogan saved Christmas, 
which is um, a John Favreau. Uh, he plays Happy Hogan, and he's the the main character in this episode. And I think this one came out on Christmas Eve, and it was a diehard. It was him working at the Avengers Tower, and the Avengers Tower is taken over, and Happy Hogan's the only one. And there's a lot of allusions to you know him crawling through the vents. And there's does he, some. Does there's, he tell the Falcon Yippee Mr. Falcon. I don't think he says me. There, there's a funny thing where um, they're talking to someone and he kept on. They keep on saying that they they don't know Die Hard. I've never seen Die because they referenced the movie Die Hard and someone mentions Reginald Vell Johnson and like that's the only thing you know about Die Hard is it's featured Reginald Vell Johnson. So it had some meta stuff, but it was really funny and it was cool to see Favreau kind of take the, the the spotlight in that one. And um, yeah, it, that one it was just it, it was cute. I mean it's. It, it's probably not the best one of the season, but it was enjoyable. Um, would Ryan like it? I think he would. Um, really? Because he doesn't like a lot of things. That's not true. The, um, I like the, things that are good. There was a um, an original character introduced that's never been, like, they wrote specifically for this. It was never in a comic book or a movie or anything. Uh, her name is Kahori, and it was a, um, a what if, and... It was something where the time stone, um, not the time stone, the space stone fractured and went into this uh, body of water for where all these Native Americans were living. And when the Spanish conquistadors showed up to the, to the New World, all the Native Americans have basically the powers of Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. And um, that episode is very unique because there's not one word of English spoken in the entire episode. It's all um, Spanish and um, I forget which tribe it is, but it's all... Um, native speak and then some of the voice talent i was kind of impressed because the episode after that is what if hella found the 10 rings and they got kate blanchett to come back I, that's what I, I was going to actually that too like it seems like this season they got a lot more of the yes the actual actors because they had replacement actors in the in the first season there's a couple of replacement actors because um uh lake bell still is uh, natasha and i don't they weren't able to get robert downey jr or chris evans i think everyone else comes back um but like I said, I was impressed they got Kate Blanchett, and that episode was pretty cool. Where, um, basically, you know, in Thor Ragnarok, um, they talk about Hela, how she's sentenced to kind of go to hell or whatever until Odin dies. Well, instead of this, in this what if scenario, he does to her what he did to Thor in the first Thor movie, and he banishes her to Earth with no powers, and he enchants her her crown with the you know, be, you know, she needs to be worthy. But she lands in feudal Japan, and she meets. Shang Chi's father, and that um, the cult, the open of Shang Chi when his parents meet, he meets Hela instead of the one that, and it's that one's really cool, but um, the, yeah, the, the, this is just fun. It's just just the, there's no, you know, you don't need to really be versed in the MCU for this. This is just kind of uh, that's kind of the cool thing about what if comics. It's like, you know, it's it gets into the multiverse, but it's not insane multiverse where people are all paint. It's just like, what if one choice was different, kind of thing, and uh, it's just, it's a lot of fun. These, the, this is a, I really liked the second season of What If. Um, then you mentioned like multiverse and things like that, but Echo solidifies even like in the first episode uh, certain things that people were up in the air about whether or not it's canon. It's all, yeah. It yeah. kind of seems like it, it's now it's, confirmed all canon. It's true, all of it. All of it. Yeah. Um. But no, uh, all right. So Echo, this is a the first. Um, Which, by the way, this is the best uh, you know Echo I've seen since I've heard Disease and Sorry talk about uh, the the R. Kelly, R. Kelly song. Uh-huh. 
But yeah, this is the first um, show under the new Marvel's. I think it's Marvel Spotlight yes. banner, which is more of their harder edgy edgier, adult. yeah, edgier stuff. Um, so this is uh, a character that was introduced in Hawkeye, but this show it's more it's closer to the Netflix Daredevil stuff than it is to the MCU stuff. The first episode definitely. And the one thing I will give the first episode is. If you've never seen Hawkeye, you've never seen Daredevil. They go to, they do a very good job of catching everyone up. They do with, with, without that. without it seeming like a well, the, the recap. Meat of the first episode is kind of a of a reorientation, I guess. Right. Um, and, and then it, you get like about twenty twenty five minutes of yeah the story. Yeah, and I will say they do a really good job because I mean, if you see the trailer, you know that a certain character uh, without fear makes an appearance. And the way that they shoot it, it's very like if you were a criminal, you could see how they would be terrified of this dude. Yeah, and the way that because it's it, it's cool, but um, I heard it's one of the worst reviewed shows. I haven't stuff. finished it. Like it's, the first episode made me want to watch more. But... It's it's probably because it's different. It's different than the because it's not the beginning though. Confused the shit out of me. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought I'd turn on the wrong thing. Yeah, because it gets into the um, the Choctaw creation myth, mm-hmm. which I looked up, and it is actually like it's their Adam and Eve story, and that's how it starts, and it's very Choctaw centered. Um, Alqua Cox is the one that plays Maya Lopez. She's fantastic. She uh, she was that way in the yeah. Hawkeye series, though. I I could see it being divisive just because. Big fans of the Netflix shows are going to think it's not as hardcore as they're used to. And some of the fans of the Disney stuff might think it's too hardcore for them. So it's well, they're, think, they're trying to strike kind of a, you know, find the butter zone, I guess. Yeah, the, the issue that I think a lot of people are going to have with that tone that you're talking about comes down to the fact that it's not superhero heavy. Right. It just kind of touches on some, like, characters. It, it's, street it's street level. level. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, which again, like I'm here for it, but I don't think the street level characters for Marvel do as good as the. But then again, this is a five episode miniseries, and it's it's uh, kind of a just a long movie, and some of the actors in this are fantastic. I was so happy to see Graham Greene in the show. He his character made me smile. Um, Chief Joseph. Yes, <laughs> but um, it's. I enjoyed it. I, then, I mean, I could see, like I said, I can see it being divisive, just because, um, to quote the great Britney Spears, it's not, uh, it's you know, not a girl, but not yet a woman kind of thing. It's kind of right in the middle. Um, of um, oh, what a metaphor! Yes, but uh, again, the fight scenes are very are very cool. They do introduce some like supernatural stuff, which I saw some big fans of Echo did not like because she was just supposed to be a good fighter, but. Um, I didn't have a problem with it. Vincent D'Onofrio is all you know, good yeah, as ever. Yeah, he's made the kingpin his own. Yeah, it, it, again, I I really enjoyed it. It's a five. It's only five episodes. Each episode might be about forty five minutes, and there's a post credit scene after the last episode that kind of shows where we're going with some of these characters, and it's very interesting. So um, I think give it a shot if you watch the first. And and I would go past the first episode because the first episode's a lot of setup. If um, you watch the first two and it hasn't hooked you, you're probably not going to enjoy it. But I, like I said, I, I I flew through it all, so um, I would recommend that they're all on um, Disney Plus right now, and I believe they're also on Hulu. 
They oh, released, they released them on both because of the TVMA nature of the show. Well, um, the series came back for what I think is its final season that I watched up until the most glorious second episode ever, or at least one scene of it. Uh, but True Detective has a new series, Night Country. Yeah, John. Not, John's laughing because he knows what I'm talking about. I do. <clears throat> what, what, what the fuck are you talking? I, th- about? I thought when you, first I thought you were going to talk about it for all mankind because we were going to no, mention um, that, and then when you said that the glorious episode, he, he's talking about the episode with Alexander Daddario. Oh God, yeah. yeah. I mean, after that, I was like, it's not going to get better. I, yeah, but it's pretty awesome though. Yeah. I've never seen the third season of True Detective. Um, I didn't see the second one because I heard it was terrible. The second season was just. I didn't finish the second. It season. It was so I, boring. I started it, long. and I thought Colin Farrell was good in it, but it just lost me. And yeah. I've actually heard very good things about the third season, but I haven't. Mahershala is in the third yeah. one. Yeah, and now this new one with Jodie Foster. So this one's got uh, Jodie Foster, and it's and the final one, right? Like they're. I'm uh, not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. But well, it's, and it's an anthology series, so even if they say it's the final one, if they ever want to do another one. Well, I'm just they upset could. that Curb Your Enthusiasm confirmed a final season. Yeah. Did you see the trailer for that? I did. It looks amazing. But yeah, uh, True Detective Night Country, it, uh, it takes place in a little fictional town in Alaska. Like, in, like north, north Alaska. North, north Alaska. Called Ennis, I believe. Alaska. Right, it's in the Arctic Circle. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, Ennis. Ennis. Yeah. Like Cosby? I was thinking I of, think he uh, founded the town. I was thinking of uh, Heath Ledger's character from Brokeback Mountain. Oh. Anyway, it's it's uh, is like a research facility that's there with a bunch of scientists. Yeah, and um, reminds me a lot of the thing at the beginning. It does, and um, it just kind of shows all these. They're just kind of like you know living their everyday life, and you. It looks like they've they're there like kind of year in year out, um, and it's what about eight or nine of them I think. Yeah, and they're um, all. You're right. They're just trying to. And they all have different different fields of study that they're doing, and all of a sudden one of them something really weird happens. It looks like he kind of has some kind of seizure or something That's for a second like, yeah. and then he just kind of turns around and says something really creepy and then next thing you know it's like a few days later um and a guy like a delivery guy shows up with a bunch of supplies for him and goes in and just it's completely deserted he can't find any of them there they had in the opening scene they showed some of them like you know making a sandwich and stuff like that everything is just still there exactly as it was and nobody knows kind of what has happened even the same movies kind even of the playing. same movie and there's yeah. some kind of glitch it's funny because it's a uh, it's Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and it's at the uh, the parade scene with mm-hmm. Twist and Shout, and there's some sort of little glitch on their DVD player where it just keeps playing that in, on repeat. It's on AB repeat? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And, um, yeah, and so they introduce um, the, the the chief of police is played by because, Jody. Because the, the delivery guy, he he finds no people, but he finds something that I'm not going to give away right. with, but it's, 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 it's creepy. Yeah. So, yeah, um, Jodie Foster is the chief of police in this little town, and um, Liz. Liz, yeah, and she, uh, she's there. John Hawks is one of the other police officers, and there's another young guy, and you you learn very early on that John Hawks is the young guy's dad, and they're just they're both, but they're both cops in this little town, and there's also another case that's kind of a cold case at this point. That there's another, um, uh, she's an indigenous indigenous um, Alaskan right. Inuit, I guess, um, officer who was very like it, this case was very personal to her and she finds some similarities to something that they find in this research facility so she wants to bring that old case back up and this the first episode just does a very good job of introducing the the backdrop of the, the show introducing the characters and uh it's got some really creepy stuff happens and uh and the other thing that they kind of talk about at the very beginning is how the um the sun's going down and it's not going to come back up for a long time. For a long time. It's like a 30 days of night sort yeah. of situation. Because yeah. they were like, this is the last sunset of the year or whatever. Yeah. And it's just, so. And uh, yeah, I think it's this season, it's only going to be a six episode 
right. uh, season. The first episode is out um, on HBO on, on Max, and uh, I'm I'm hooked on the first one. I mean, it's I'm, good. I, I can't wait to see what's going to happen. Kind of forget how good Jodie Foster is yeah. at playing these kind of parts. Yeah, she's yeah. very good in it. But the it's just the. I don't know, the whole vibe is so creepy. Everything yeah. about the, this, the way that the, they direct yeah. this, this, this whole scenario. Interesting. Um, well, Ryan has started a series that I've watched a couple of episodes on. Glenn's way f- much further along than I am. Um, but for all mankind, an alternative history of the <clears throat> American space program. Yeah, Glenn should talk about this. I only watched the first like two episodes. He's gotten into a couple seasons. I, I'm hooked. <laughs> um, it's, it's pretty interesting. Um the acting is really good. The guy, I can't remember his fucking Joel, Joel Kinnaman. Yeah, he's really good. <clears throat> um, I feel yeah. like Joel Kinnaman is always really good. He's very underrated. And I feel like I, agree I feel that. like Hollywood is like keeps wanting to make him a star and it just kind of doesn't happen. But I mean, this The I Killing is the first thing I saw. Yeah, yeah, he was he, awesome. In he that. was good in that. Yeah. I mean, he's always good. He was I, I actually liked him as in that uh, RoboCop remake. I did too. I mean, the movie wasn't perfect, but he yeah. was good in it. But um But yeah, you so you've seen just the first few episodes? I think I've watched maybe two. Okay, so I started this right around the Christmas break. And this is kind of... I've been watching a few episodes every day. Uh, the fourth season just uh, concluded, I believe it was this week. Uh, I'm about to finish season three. So I started at the very beginning. I've seen three seasons. I've almost binged it. I've just been watching it. Um, kind of the, the, the hook of the show. And I knew... From the like promos that the show is about, you know, what if the Soviet Union landed on the moon first? I didn't realize that the kind of idea behind the show is what if the space race just never ended? And it's an alternative history where because, you know, the Russians got to the moon first. So, well, we need to, you know, be the first the United States wants to be the first one to put a, a, a military base on the moon. Well, then the so it's just a massive space race where. Kind of Vietnam wasn't really a big thing because all the funding of that went into NASA because that's where basically the Cold War was fought mm-hmm. was through research and science and stuff. And the acting is great in the show. And um, one thing that I was also not aware of, uh, I, I said the fourth season just ended. Each season is a different decade. So, I didn't realize yeah, that. So, yeah, so um, the first season is kind of all about the moon in the 60s and then... The second season jumps into the seventies, and it's about people living on the moon. Uh, and I'm um, I'm on the finale of season three, which is a lot about Mars. And so I'm in the you know, like the second season's kind of the seventies going into the eighties. The third season's all in the nineties, but it's this alternate history and kind of the season premiere of each season is this montage of what things are different, like uh, John Lennon surviving his assassination attempt and. Stuff like that, and it's, uh, you know, the Beatles are doing a reunion concert and stuff like that. So, this show is, it's it's phenomenal. But I will say, like, if you give it a chance, the first two or three episodes might be a little slow because they're introducing a lot of these characters. But once the plot hits, you'll you'll be hooked. So, as far, because I haven't seen any of it, as yes. far as the characters go, each decade, is it... Do they like age the, yes. the actors? Yes. So it's it's the same actors, like same actors. Joel Kinnaman's still in it. Like yes. just looks it, older. Yeah, he just looks older. Okay. They do they do a good job of introducing new characters each season, but the the um, Joel Kinnaman, he's his character's the the main character kind of still, but yeah, they age him and they do a pretty good job um, of makeup wise of aging all these characters, but um, the only ones that they recast like in the first season, there's a young girl, and she you know is now in her 30s so they obviously can't yeah. 
right. do that, so they recast that. But other than that, um, it, okay. it, it, it's I think it's really cool. It, it's a, um, a very interesting idea for a show. I could see, like, I don't know, if he was still a Gene Roddenberry, probably would have loved this, because it's a lot of, you know, believable science and, you know, hopefulness and stuff. But um, it's on Apple Plus, which when we did our... Um, streaming service battle apple plus got a high scores on its original content and this just goes right into that this is fantastic well um speaking of streaming services and how they've kind of co-opted some things uh doctor who shown on the bbc in england is now exclusive to disney plus yeah uh and to celebrate that they did the 60th anniversary specials which uh basically is you know the return of uh, David Tennant to the role for a few episodes, and then the debut of the new Fifteenth Doctor, played by and I need to have an on-air correction here. I kept saying Nukti Gatwa, but it's Shooty is how it's pronounced. Yeah, I think the N is silent. It's just Shooty. Yeah, Shooty Shooty Gatwa. Yeah. Um, and his Christmas episode, because Russell T Davies was famous for having Christmas episodes, is his debut just as the Doctor. So John and I have watched all of these, all four of these yep. episodes. Uh, John, take away some of the. Uh, of how this works, um, yeah. So we were we were expecting shooting Godwa to show up f- four or five episodes ago when when uh, the last Doctor when she when she regenerated what's her name uh, Jodie Whittaker. Jody Whittaker when she regenerated because we we knew they had chosen the next Doctor and then surprise surprise when she regenerated she was David Tennant again, which was very strange and very strange to the Doctor as well that why does he look the same as he has before. Um, and uh, David Tennant, I mean, he's, you know, he's one of my favorite doctors. He's just, the, the sense of humor that he brings to it is great. And he's also can be, you know, very serious with it as well. But I like how he was as confused as the audience is why he was the doctor again. And that was, I thought that was very good. And there were some, uh, some good, uh, some good little villains that were in these, these few episodes. And um, Neil Patrick Harris played a character. I was about to say, if you didn't bring up Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, I played, it was. He, he is a character that actually was played by, uh, was it uh, Michael Goff, who was the original Alfred from the 89 oh. Batman movie? Yeah. In the original Doctor Who and he's episode. he's a game the toy maker? maker. Toy maker. Okay. Um, and he was... Which obsessed with games. He was super that. creepy. Super creepy, and it adds a different uh, sort of twist to Doctor yeah. Who mythology. Yeah. He's like an extra-dimensional being. And basically, at the end of the uh, that third episode with David Tennant, the regeneration happens again. We get our new Doctor... And then there's the Christmas episode, and I don't. These are all relatively new, so I don't want to give away kind of what happens. Yeah, there's some, some but, um, things that uh, that the fan base is a little bit uh, divided on. I still honestly don't know how I feel about. Yeah, and I'm kind of the same way. And it's one of those things where I think I just I need to see how it plays out before yeah. I make a decision on it. Um, but uh, as far as him as the Doctor, I think he's awesome. Like the, the, oh, shoot, he got one. Like he's like way, like the energy is just it's fantastic. And it's a story point that someone brought out that might make me lean a little bit more into kind of positivity in terms of yeah. the uh, of the big twist but uh, it's almost like his version of the doctor is unburdened by all he's done healing and yeah he's he's kind of back into the, the the mischief and the sense of adventure yeah uh, but I think like there was a couple of scenes that they actually added to get his doctor in earlier yeah because when they did tests with it like there was too long before he got in there uh, his companion is adorable yeah I think she's great. Yeah, she is really good. Um, there was a couple things in the Christmas episode with the aliens that were in it that I thought was a little silly. But I mean, you kind of get that with any Star Trek random episodes. You'll be all right. This, you know, these things that were introduced were kind of silly. Is there an evil crystalline entity that looks like a snowflake? 
No, no. there's not. No. Okay, hold on. No. <laughs> no. But uh, no, I'm I'm ex- I'm excited to see where it goes, and I think it's gonna come back to I think April. To, yeah, April. Yeah. I believe. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited to see uh, what he's gonna do with this character because I, yeah, I like I like what I've seen so far. Uh, absolutely. He just he looks like he loves playing the Doctor, and it just and it comes across as not an actor that loves doing what he's doing. It comes across as it makes the Doctor love being the Doctor. Yeah, and he hasn't for a while. That's yeah. the thing. Like the Doctor's had a lot of of weight on, and I think story wise, I'll give Russell T Davies credit for it. Like what he's done is. It is kind of reset the doctor a little yeah. bit, um, while still retaining all the the other stuff. Like I, I, I almost I, there's there's one thing, and I'm trying to find a way to, to talk about it without ruining anything for anyone. But there's a moment of compassion from the fifteenth doctor to another character mm-hmm. that uh, I didn't know that I needed that that mo- the moment of catharsis for that character. Yeah, and I think it was just it was brilliantly handled. Yeah, I also like them bringing back a lot of older companions. Mm-hmm. That's been kind of fun. Yeah. Um, as well as seeing some of the older doctors. And one good thing about the the uh, kind of controversial twist is that it kind of explains a lot of that and why they look different. Yeah. So, you know, again, I'm kind of I'm, I'm on both sides of this. I kind of look with any change. The timeless child change didn't hit me as negatively yeah. as other things. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's different, but it was different. It did totally blow up the doctor who like, Oh yeah. History and universe and everything. And I really like Jodie Whittaker, but I, I did find some of the Chibnall writing was kind of hit or miss. Yeah. I, yeah. And, and honestly, I, I could tell you, but I mean, he, he, he took a shot with that. He, I mean, like, oh no, he totally I mean, it was did. like a big shot. And well, I, I even during the Russell T Davies era, like some of the episodes he wrote were kind of, uh, yeah. And I found the ones in the Russell D. Davies area that I liked the most were the ones written by Stephen Moffat. Mm-hmm. And then Stephen Moffat takes over the Doctor, and I loved a lot of what he did because it was my kind of my jam. But there's a lot of episodes during that era yeah. that kind of people aren't fans of. Yeah. So look, I just can't say enough. I, I love that show, and and Ryan's yeah. wrong. I've never seen it. I know, and you won't because it's you're an a, asshole. I just don't have an interest in it. It's a classic Ryan thing. He judges it when he when I, I don't. Seen I don't it. judge. I just don't have interest in watching it. Remember when he like decided that a movie was best picture because he it's the only one he'd seen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was. I think I was right too. You were not, not. and you admitted you were wrong. Oh after, yeah, what was it? Because it was um, you. You kept saying it was Benjamin Button, and you and everybody kept saying Slumdog Millionaire, yeah. and I took you to see Slumdog Millionaire, yeah. and you're like, yeah, it was, that was really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, was, right. it was better. It was better. Yeah. It's okay, Ryan. I know it's okay. They're there. It's not your fault. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you do that to me, man? No, come on, Glenn. <laughs> Uh, well, That's terrible Matt Damon impersonation. <laughs> Matt Damon. He, he sounded more like Nathan Fillion from Saving Private Ryan. Um, so we're gonna okay, we're gonna do that on this episode. What? I guess so, just because it's more it's it's more okay. news and it's all right. Well, yeah, it's again topical. I get that. So we're, we're kind of having a sidebar here. Sorry, right, sorry. Yeah, I, on the air, we're doing something. Uh, we just kind of finished with the finish TV. This episode. So I said, let's. We at the end of our list when we usually do is when we have the RIPs, but it's been you know it's been a month or so since we have. Some, yeah, some this, stuff. Yeah. So we just wanted to hit these, and then because we actually got a lot more movie stuff than we had TV stuff. Okay. So. Okay. They're still dead. If that's all right with Talk you. About them this week, next They're week. still dead. Okay. Isn't that nice? I'm just saying. What a pos. They're not. They're not. I mean, that, that information is not going to. Uh, you know what? My face did register shock, but I shouldn't have been shocked. <laughs> you fucking asshole. Yes, there are some people that have uh, have passed away. I'm going to get this initial one out of the way because it. It hit me in a way that I was not prepared for, and that's Andre Brower. Yeah, absolutely. 
So what else is let's, let's talk about something? I couldn't think of all I could think about was Poseidon. All I could I think about is Brooklyn Nine Nine. I mean, I'll, I've never seen that. I mean, Homicide Life, uh, Life on the Street was his either, first what, big. I'm thing. trying to think what I knew him. And it was on for years. Like I'm trying to think of what I knew him best for, and uh, I know um, I'd seen him and stuff. I just couldn't think of it. You, you probably Poseidon was the thing that you talked about him the most in. But I mean, films. And, I mean, he was in Frequency. Talking mm-hmm. to Johnny in the future. He was in The Mist. He was in a... Oh, yeah. He was in a City, City of, of Angels. City of Angels. I, I remember him. He was good in that. He was really good in that. But, uh, I mean, although, I will say, he's he's always... He's always... When has he, Andre Bauer and, and not been All good? of that was just training for him in his greatest role ever, which was Captain Raymond Holt. And I say that with no tinge of irony. If you watch the show, Ryan, like... What show? Broken Nine-Nine. Oh, nine. My sister just finished binging that whole thing. She loved it. Yeah. He also did a really good show with Ray Romano called Men of a Certain Age. Oh, I never... You know... It's a comedy? Yeah, it was Yeah, it was uh, him and Ray Romano and Scott Bakula. I never heard of that. Oh, yeah, it was good. I think it, it might have been a TNT show. Okay. I just remember it was, I remember it being very good. And it was just the, th- was the three of them is just like, you know, aging, you know, uh, middle-aged guys. Talk, yeah. you know, kind of like Kaminsky Method type yeah. thing. Oh, okay. Thing. Yeah, this, this one hit me pretty hard, too. Just I guess because he's... He's not very. He wasn't very old. I, no. I we didn't. I didn't know anything about him being sick or anything like that. It just that's been finding a lot lately. Though. There's a lot of, of people that pass away kind of unexpectedly that were battling illnesses that we had no. You know, yeah. not that we had any kind of right to know, but yeah. it just it makes me concerned for the for the health of, of my loved ones. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I don't know. It might just be because of social media and like celebrities seem a little bit more like I don't know people you know because a lot of them put. That you know, when something like this, they keep something like this private, and it happens. It's a little more shocking now than it was, oh, maybe twenty years ago. Yeah, but um, but Andre Brower, Meep Morp, you uh, you will be missed. Uh, we also lost Tom Wilkinson, another one that kind of surprised me because I, I mean I feel like Tom Wilkinson in the time that I've known him has always been like upper middle aged, but. Mm-hmm. He was a lot younger than I realized. I feel like the first thing I ever saw Tom Wilkinson in was The Full Monty. And in that, he was, you know... That kind of... Probably, I don't know. He was probably in his 50s, I would think. Yeah, that probably kind of reinvigorated his career. Yes. Yeah. That was a, kind of a big sleeper hit. I always think of him from Michael Clayton. He was he so good that. in Michael. He was good in Michael Clayton. In the bedroom. You want to see some master yes. class of acting. Yes. That was actually on the other day. I forgot how depressing it is. But oh, it's a horrible it's so, watch. It's, yeah, but his it's, acting, his is, acting is so good. But I mean, even his little scene, his scenes in um, Batman, Batman Begins, is um, yep. what my boss, I mean, he's... I thought he was really good in The Patriot. I was just about to say that. You say what you want about that movie, but he was very good as Cornwallis in The Patriot. But, um, yeah, he was uh, an IMF secretary in Ghost Protocol. But, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. He was just... I don't know, he always brought, like, a... Didn't he play a priest in some movie where he was in jail or something? That's possible. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I mean, it sounds like it would be something uh, he did. I can't remember what... He wasn't in The Exorcism of Emily Rose, was he? Maybe. Was yeah. he the main... Was, was he part. the priest? Maybe. I think it might have... That may be what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Um. But anyway, he just... I don't know, he always brought a credibility to the, to the roles he was in. Uh, I mean... I mean, even he was in the Grand Budapest Hotel. He was the he was a, the author in that. But um, you know, I think he was. Yes, in, he is. It's Emily Rose. Yep. Yeah, he, he was, was the father, priest. Father Moore. So rest in peace. Yep. Um, we also lost Lee Sun Kwan. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Yes. Yeah, so at least I believe so. He was the star of the Best Picture winner, pa- which that wouldn't surprise me too. I mean, and he took his own life. Yeah. So I mean, 
It's uh, he was the dad of the, the, uh, the movie. I don't remember. I think I he. So. Yeah, I believe he was the dad because um, he played he played Dong in the um, in Parasite. So, um, but yeah, it was it's it's a sad situation, you know. No matter, you know, he's he was a a giant star in um in Korea, and it's just I don't know. It's sad whenever when something like this happens. Just you don't know what um you know people are people are going through. And yeah, it's just you know cautionary tale. Yeah. We also lost uh, Glennis Johns. True, this was she was one hundred years old. I, I didn't. She's honestly, I hate to say, it, one of the ones that I I didn't know she was still alive. Yeah. Really she was the mother in Mary Poppins. Yeah, I looked down and I I read it as the it it looks like Glenn is Johns, like you own. Oh yeah, the, he, yeah. You're mine, but um, <laughs> but no, she was. I, I don't know. She, Rewatching Mary Poppins, we watched it, you know, with Felicity quite a few times. She 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 enjoyed she enjoys that film, but um, I don't know her role as Mrs. Banks. She always she had such a playful fun, like charm to her. Uh, you know, I just I think she'll always be associated with that movie, and I think she had no problem with being associated with that film. Um, but yeah, she she left uh, she left this at the age of one hundred, which is quite a feat. So um, you know, rest in peace, Mrs. Banks. All right, well, we will be back next week with our segment of films from this Welcome Back show. Uh, had a lot to talk about. Remember, there are many places you can listen to us, Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, a host of other platforms. Please uh, hit that subscribe button and, and follow us because it really helps the show out. We don't ask you for a lot, but when you do that, it actually helps that algorithm, helps other people find us, and that's how we can continue to do what we do if you like us and to kind of grow beyond the bounds of uh, Ryan's table here. <laughs> And you can um, follow us at The Awesome Village Podcast. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Threads, X. And you can watch um, our videos at, uh, if you follow us at awesome.village.pod on TikTok. This has been Greg. Brian. John. And I'm Glenn. We will see you next week.